chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. I put on social media that I have a message that's going to blow your mind. And I love that word that Carol gave today about rewiring the brain. Get ready. I mean, this is just so Holy Ghost. Praise God. Luke 8. We'll start at verse 4. And it says, And when a great multitude had gathered, and they had come to him, to Jesus, from every city, he spoke by a parable. A sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trampled down. And the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell upon rock. And as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Say moisture. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. But others fell on good ground. Say good ground. Sprang up and yielded a crop a hundredfold. When he had said these things, he cried, uh, he cried, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Then his disciples asked him, saying, what does this parable mean? And he said to you, it has been given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to the rest it is given in parables, that seeing they may see and hearing they may not understand. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. But the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear, receive the word with joy, and these have no root, say root, who believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. Now the ones that fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares, riches, and pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. But the ones that fell on the ground, good ground, are those who, having heard the word, uh, heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Holy Spirit. Right now, I just pray right now that everyone would be focused. Right now, that every distraction in the thought life would be put to the side, would be, would be quieted, that their minds would be quieted right now, that they will be able to receive what you are speaking through me today in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Today I want to talk about how to grow spiritual roots and some of the dynamics behind doing that. And also, I want to touch on, the Holy Spirit wants me to touch on how to disconnect evil spiritual roots. I think you're going to find this very interesting here, so stay tuned. But this week, the Holy Spirit had me go back and revisit the parable of the sower, okay? I I, I preached on this a while back. I don't remember how long, but, I mean, it wasn't a super long time ago. But he had me revisit the parable of the sower, and he asked me this question. He said, how does a person grow spiritual roots? And what is the key that I'm trying to get across in the parable of the sower? So when, when that, he spoke that in my heart, a deep desire in me rose up. And I'm like, Lord, I want to know that key. He said, there is a key that I'm trying to get across. The Holy Spirit revealed that key. And it's absolutely amazing, which I'm going to get to. But the seed that's being sowed in the hearts of individuals, is the Word of God. Amen? Now, we see in this parable that there are four groups of people that Jesus talks about in connection to the seed of the Word being sown into hearts. And only one out of the four groups benefit from that. Are you following me? That's only 25% benefit. 75% of the hearers do not benefit. What one do you fall into? Oh, no, don't, don't tell me. Don't tell me. But so one of those four groups are in the good group. The other three, they have some major problems going on. They have some major issues going on that stop the seed of the word from taking root in their heart. They have a problem receiving the seed. Are you following me? Have you ever wondered... 
How someone can hear the word of God over and over again, but these individuals just keep going back like a dog to their own vomit. Are you following me? Someone can hear the word over and over and they just fall back into the same junk that they always fall into. Nothing ever changes in that person's life. And it's a very frustrating thing to watch, especially with an unsafe family member. Hello? With a backslidden family member. I'm talking to someone in here. Amen? But before I tell you the key to this parable and what the Holy Spirit revealed to me, let's review the four groups real quick. The first group are the ones by the wayside. They hear the word of God, and it says the devil takes the word out of their heart. The second group are the ones that are on on the rock, that when they hear the word of God, they receive it with joy, but there's no root. And the word of God, it just doesn't take root. And when temptation comes, that literally means when trials come. Anybody in trials today? They fall away. All right. The third group are those where the seed of the word fell among thorns. The thorns that Jesus said that try to choke that word are the cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. And because of the cares, riches, and pleasures... There's no fruit, the, the, the fruit cannot be grown to maturity. Say maturity. These individuals stay infants. They stay spiritual babies their whole life, right? Okay. The fourth group are those who hear the word of God and it fell on good ground and they have a noble and good heart and keep the word and bear fruit with patience. Say patience. That's so important. Amen. You don't go plant a seed and you come out in an hour and say, why aren't you growing? Amen. There's a process. There's a process. Amen? All right. So what is the game changer? What is the key that the Holy Spirit revealed to me? What is the key that's lacking or that's active in the life of these individuals that determine the condition of the soil? Ready? The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said the key that causes failure of the Word of God to grow and what causes the seed of the Word of God to grow in a person's heart is meditating on the Word of God. Meditation on the Word of God. Specifically this, how much time a person gives to meditating on and focusing on God's Word. That's the game changer. That's it. We can all go home now. Oh, just... <laughs> That's it. The focus. Say focus. Your willingness to receive and meditate on God's word determines the soil, the condition of the soil of your heart. See, there's no problem with the seed of God's word. God's word's powerful. God's word has life in it. The problem is the soil. But here's the problem. For a seed to grow fruit, the soil must be good. So meditating on the word of God means this. means to focus on the word of God For an extended period of time, not just a passing thought, not just being rushed through it. Hello, somebody. Say an extended period of time. I like it saying it this way. Meditation on the word is is the spiritual digestive system of your spirit and soul. That's what pulls the nutrients out of the word and you're benefited by it. Come on, somebody. Meditating on something means to keep it active and alive in your thought life. This is the difference. If there is, if there is power to change uh, their, your attitude, your emotions, your actions, and your entire life because of the key of meditating on God's Word, then we know the Holy Spirit just revealed the playbook of the kingdom of darkness. To send distractions. Come on, somebody. We know that that Satan, demonic spirit, and the entire kingdom of darkness are going to try to disrupt, put a kink in the hose of the meditation on God's word. I'm telling you, if you take hold of this, it'll change your life forever on this earth. 
And they will, they will try to get, the enemy will try to get you and me to meditate on negative and evil things that will influence you to go in that direction. Because meditation is not just meditation. Meditation leads to actions. Meditating on something always leads to actions. Meditation is so powerful. See, meditation, people hear that and they go, oh, new age. He's talking. No, I'm not. Meditation is a neutral thing. The game changer is, what are you meditating on? That, that's it. Meditation is just a neutral thing. Are you using it for holy purposes or not? Amen? That's the key. All right? So the enemy is always trying to destroy our focus on the Word of God. Meditation, focus, that's what conditions our soil to receive the Word of God. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. He said, this is why preaching and teaching the word of God is so important. Because it keeps fresh. It keeps it fresh within the focus of the thought life of the listener. Hello. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So people take this scripture. Come on. People take this scripture and they're like, Well, my relative hears the word all the time and they're still like a dog going to their own vomit. They don't, they're not getting it straight. No, 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 no. Listen, it depends if they're taking it and meditating on the word. That's when it'll affect their actions. That's when it'll affect their life. That you, listen, you can listen to this preach word today, you know, and you can just leave and forget about it and go right back to the old vomit of what you're in. You can go back into that old pity party that you're in. Are you following me? But it's not a one time. Notice, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That literally means it's over and over. It's constantly hearing. Not one time, but over and over again. Because faith comes because of this. The Holy Spirit said this. I love the Holy Ghost. He said, faith comes because of continued focus on the word of God. If there's no focus, no faith is going to come. There must be focus on the word for faith to be ignited. Oh, come on. So people are all blaming God. Well, God's word just don't work then. Because my relative, they've been hearing this forever. And it's not doing anything. No, it's not God's fault. It's not his word's fault. It's their focus. They're not meditating on it. It keeps our focus on the Word of God. The more, listen, the more you are able to shift a person's focus, say focus, the greater the chance of them desiring change and faith can be ignited. That's what preaching the gospel is all about. Because when you're out standing on the corner and you got a sign, someone walks by and you tell them about Jesus, you know what you're doing? You're trying to shift their focus to Jesus. You're trying to shift it back to the spiritual things, the eternal things that really matter. Amen? This is not something just limited to the Word of God, by the way. Because doubt and unbelief come the same way as faith does. (laughs) By hearing and hearing. Why? Why? Not just from hearing. It's because it shifts the person's focus. In fact, that's what doubt is. Doubt is you believe something, but you heard something. Oh, healing isn't for today. You heard something that took your focus off of what the word says back to what that said. And that's how doubt comes. Doubt and unbelief. It's all about shifting your focus. Faith is about shifting your focus. Doubt and unbelief is faith. Perverted faith. Faith in the wrong direction. Are you following me right now? So this is not just something connected to the word of God. Listen, you have faith in, there's no atheist. You have faith in something, it better be in line with the word. But you believe something. You all have faith in something. Are you following me? So it all comes down to this. There is a tug of war between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of darkness to do this. To shift, influence And control your thought life, which will influence your actions in life. Now, 
if you hear this cute little phrase, I see on Facebook once in a while, I get what they're trying to say, but let me just kind of debunk it a little bit. Preach the word and sometimes use words. You ever hear that one? Preach the word and eh, sometimes use words. Throw it out of your memory bank. Oh, that went over like a lead balloon. Why? Because words are very powerful and must be used to influence and shift a person's focus. You can do all the good works you want. But until they hear Jesus, until they hear the word of God, nothing's going to shift to Jesus, to the word. Are you following me? So words are very powerful and they must be used to influence people. It interrupts and influences their focus. Now, again, let me just say this. I'm not belittling your actions, but what I'm saying is have both. If you're going to go out and do good works for someone, make sure you tell someone about Jesus. Make sure you connect the good works with Jesus. There's a movie called Time Changer. It's a powerful movie. And it goes, well, I'll let you watch it. But it kind of goes with what I'm saying, where people, you know, they just want to, there's a, they just want to do good works. But this, this the, the, theology professor says, no, you need to tell people about Jesus and connect the good works to Jesus. You've got to have both. Amen. Time changer. Watch it. One of my favorite Christian movies. Amen. So, again, I'm not belittling the actions, okay? But what I'm saying is words are powerful. The Word of God says that God chose to save people by the foolishness of preaching. Because words is what shifts your focus. Words will shift an individual's focus. And that's what it's all about. Focus. Say focus. So, what we are doing every time we preach, teach, share the word of God, and witness to someone about Jesus is we're, act, we're, we're actively trying to shift their focus back to Jesus, like I said, back to spiritual reality, back to a spiritual mindset. And listen, only our words can do that. All right? Now, why do you think the devil comes against evangelism so hard? Because he wants all these people just to be in this drunken stupor, you know, like zombies, and live their life and not even think about eternity. But then you come along, and you're the game changer. You come along, and you say, I'm going to shift your focus right now. And that's when you give the Holy Spirit something to work with in that person's heart. The Word of God. So, now that we know that meditating on the Word and focusing on the Word is that key, let's talk about these four groups real quick. The first group in the parable of the sower, the devil takes away uh, the Word out of their heart. And that is accomplished, it's done by distracting a person and they willingly give into the bait of the enemy. All right? There's a distraction. That's how the devil takes the word out of their heart. It's a distraction. It shifts their focus away from, what, from the word of God. They failed to hold on to, on to the word, to focus on it, to meditate on it. They failed this. Here's what it really comes down to. They failed to value the word of God that was being spoke to them. That's what it is. The second group are the ones that hear the word and receive it with joy. We see a lot of them in, the, in churches, don't we? Not in Living Waters Chapel. No one would be like this, right? No. But, you know, they come... For a little while, they're all excited, but there's no root. They haven't, here's what happened. They haven't meditated on the word of God long enough for it to take root in their heart. To go deep enough. Here's what it is. I love this. To go into the subconscious part of their mind to change their actions. I'm talking about growing spiritual roots where it goes deep into your heart, deep into your mind, deep into your soul. Are you following me? That's what it needs to do. So, again, distractions prevent the Word of God from truly taking root. And, and you could say it this way. It's not necessarily distractions. It's your focus on the distraction. Hello. I, if you have breath in your lungs, listen, you're going to have a life full of distractions all the time. Don't think your life's going to be perfect and easy. You're going to have temptation from the enemy. You're going to have trials. Are you following me? The key is this, not focusing on them. All right? So we can't blame it. Oh, there's a trial in my life. No, just don't give place to it. 
Keep your thought life focused on God's word and his promises. Amen? So, Psalm 119.11 says this. Your word have I hid in my heart, in my thought life, you could say, that I might not sin against you. Now, the Holy Spirit revealed something to me about this. He said, when you hide something, you know where it is to draw it out. Unless you've got a terrible memory. Amen. But I find it interesting. Your word, I have hid. Say me. Say, I hid it. The word, you are hiding the word in your heart. So that means you are hiding it and protecting it from the distractions of the enemy in life. And when the distraction comes, you can pull it out of your thought life. You can pull it out of your heart and war with that thing. And say, I'm not going to give in to this distraction. I'm going to stay focused on the word of the living God. Amen? Amen. Woo, I feel the anointing up here. Joshua 1 8 instructs us to meditate on the word of God day and night. Amen? I, t- I-, I talk about this scripture all the time. To keep it in our heart, in our thought life constantly. Make it a part of who you are. It's a part of your identity as a Christian. Say identity. Make, here's, this is what the Holy Spirit told me to do. He said, make meditating on the word of God as normal as as a part of your day as breathing and eating. If you will, if you'll make it as normal as those two things, look out. You're going to walk in the supernatural power of God. Nothing is going to throw you off course. Someone needs to hear this today. Amen. Listen to this. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, the word of God. John 15, John 15 talks about abiding in Christ. All right. When we do that. Now, how do you abide in Christ? It's not just by doing something. It's by meditating on the word of God. Are you following me? Because a lot of people just connect abiding in him with just living holy. Well, that's a part of it. But it starts in your thought life. Abiding in Christ means to set your mind on things above. You're meditating on it. You're staying connected to the true vine. Amen? You're staying spiritually minded. A heavenly mindset. Not on things on the earth. Amen? So here we go. So the third group of people is where the word falls upon thorns in their heart. So like I said, those thorns that choke out the word from growing in our heart are the cares, riches, and pleasures of life. Say it with me. Cares, riches, and pleasures of life. All right? Those things became the person's desire and it crowded out and it choked the word from, from taking root and getting life. Amen? There's, there's no room. This individual, there's no room in their life for the word of God. Why? Ready? Because they're full of the world. Say, I got to make room for the word. We got to make room for the word. The focus on on cares. God says, God says, cast your cares unto me. God's given you an an invitation to cast your cares to him. What are you doing holding on to it? Come on, somebody. See, focusing on cares, riches, and pleasures of this life. It separates you from the true vine, Jesus. It prevents fruit from growing in your heart. Again. It all comes down to this. Shift your focus. Or you could use this word. Recalibrate your focus. Right here, right now, today. You can do it right now. I like, I like, I, I like practical messages. I like something I can, I can hear in a sermon and take home and, do, and be like, well, I can put that into practice. Amen? So God tells us to cast our cares to him. And he warns us in his word not to have any idols in our life that take up his rightful place. That's why you're too full of the world, amen? You have no room for meditating on the word. Your focus is totally off. 
But if you really want to prosper in this life, does anybody really want to prosper in this life? Yeah. If you truly desire fulfillment, anybody want fulfillment? You tired of feeling empty? Yeah. It will only be found in the true vine, the life giver, staying connected to the Lord Jesus Christ, which when you're staying connected to the word, you're connected to the vine. John 1, 1, Jesus is the word. Amen. All right, so the fourth group are those with a good and noble heart that keep the word and bear fruit with patience. So they stay connected in their thought life to the true vine by meditating on the word of God, and then they become doers of the word of God, all right? Supernatural life and strengths from the, uh, uh, flows from the true vine to you. Supernatural strength and life flows. From the true vine, Jesus, into you. He's the vine. We are the branches. What happens when you take a branch off of a vine? It dies. It withers. It shrivels up. Why? Because there's no nutrients. There's new life. And the only way to stay connected to the vine, number one, is in your thought life. Meditate on the word. Think on the word. Chew on the word. Spiritually digest the word. Amen? They put These individuals here... They possess the fruit of patience. Here's what happens. They don't jump ship when storms start to rage and life gets tough. They maintain that spiritual mindset that keeps them focused on what really matters in life. Amen? There's too many Christians jumping ship. Too many Christians jump ship. Something happens in their life. Something happens, whatever it is, an offense, whatever, they jump ship. And then they wonder what's wrong with their life. Amen. So because of maintaining that spiritual mindset, these individuals in this fourth group, they, they avoid the pits, traps, and snares of the kingdom of darkness. Amen. So they're in tune with the Holy Spirit and his promptings. So when you're, you're meditating on the word, you're connected to Jesus. You're staying in Christ, connected to him. That spiritual mindset, setting your mind on things above, not on what's going on on the earth. Are you following me? And because of their focus on the word of God and diligently seeking him, you know what those individuals are blessed with? You want to know? Discernment from the Holy Ghost. Say, I need discernment. Many Christians are, di- are, are forfeiting discernment because they're more focused on the cares of this life, the riches and earthly pleasures, and then they fall into the traps and strongholds of the enemy. Now, oh, you're going to like this one. I want to touch on soul ties. Remember I told you how now we talked about growing roots? We, some people need to root some things out. Amen? Listen to this. So I want to touch on soul ties, specifically how to break or disconnect from them in your life. Now, this is the opposite end of meditation. This is using it on the evil side of it, an ungodly side. Amen? Where, so, I mean, how, again, meditation's just a neutral thing. It just depends what are you meditating on. That's what makes it good or evil. Amen? Here we go. A soul tie is an emotional and spiritual connection between you, a person, place, or thing. It's an emotional and spiritual connection between you and a person, place, or thing. You got that? The Holy Spirit wanted me to share some powerful points that we need to know. Someone needs to hear this today. I spoke with a person a while back. I want to talk about a little something that happened. I talked to a person a while back that was having uh, difficulty disconnecting his thought life from a past relationship. Am I speaking to anyone in here? Pretty practical stuff, probably, huh? Amen. All right. So before this person called me and asked for ministry, okay, like uh, I'm talking like a two, two or three days before, the Holy Spirit led me to study some things on spiritual warfare and soul ties. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit will, will equip you before something happens. That's why we got to be in tune. Amen? So this was before I was even talking to him. All right? It was no doubt the Holy Ghost. What I found out in that study before talking to this individual, that there is a new age teaching which is really witchcraft. All right? It's called remote seduction. Okay, someone heard about it. 
But listen, it is a practice where you use your imagination to play out intimate scenes with a specific person, and supposedly it'll make that person feel feelings for you and draw them to you. It's total witchcraft. Amen? It's witchcraft, it's mind control, and it's demonic. And so when the Holy Spirit led me to... Uh, to to learn about that, I'm like, wow, okay, Holy Ghost, what's going on? Well, <laughs> come to find out. So one person on that video about that testified that before they were a Christian and they did this, they imagined this thing with another person. And the scenario they played out in their imagination, that other person dreamed that scenario, the same exact thing. Why? Because there's demons involved with it. You're involving demons. Now, this is the evil use of the imagination. Are you following me? Do not go there. Amen? So this person I was ministering to said he couldn't seem to break free from this woman. All right? And immediately the Holy Spirit revealed to me that there was witchcraft involved in being played against him. That remote seduction was being used against him. The Holy Spirit made it very clear that's what's going on. By the way, he's a Christian. I wasn't ministering to an unbeliever, people. I was ministering to a Christian. The Holy Spirit revealed something to me very powerful about this situation. He revealed that this witchcraft... Are you ready for... Here's the key now. Don't get paranoid and say, oh, it was witchcraft. No, listen to me. This is what... Open the door for this to happen to him. Oh, everyone's, I can hear a pin drop right now. <laughs> Y'all like this gossip. Oh, yeah, right, right. Listen, he re- the Holy Spirit revealed that this witchcraft was only working on this Christian man because he was not willing to let her go out of his thought life. There was an active soul tie. This happens all the time in marriages, by the way. Not you're, you're still holding on to a past relationship. Are you following me? Now, hold on here. Listen to this. So, he was not willing and not letting her go in his thought life. And this was an active soul tie. And it was an open door. The Holy Spirit said this was an open door for demons to go back and forth between him and her. That's why this Christian who testified that this happened and how the other person had it, because there's a soul tie and demons were going back and forth. You know what that's called? A familiar spirit. That's how psychics operate. Right? It's demonic spirits. Do not, if, I'm telling you, if you're into psychics, get rid of it now. And come see us for deliverance. Amen? Now, There's an even bigger revelation that you need to take hold of right now. You're like, bigger? What? Wow. But wait, there's more. (laughs) Listen. (laughs) Listen to this. Oh, we're going deeper here. Deeper waters at Living Waters Chapel, all right? Listen. This soul tie was remaining active because this guy would meditate on their past relationship, especially intimate moments they shared. Keeping her in the past relationships in in his thought life or soul connected uh, connected with her and the kingdom of darkness on a spiritual level that, that allowed witchcraft to be effective on him. Oh, but yeah, but he's a Christian. That can't happen. Oh, yeah, it can. You can open yourself up to anything you want. Are you following me? Salvation does not settle at all. Hello, somebody. You still got to walk circumspectly, the Word of God says. Amen? So someone needs to hear this right now. Listen to this. An evil or ungodly soul tie must first be renounced verbally. There needs to be a verbal renunciation of that thing and and not just empty words. Here's what the Holy Spirit said. He said, it must be believed what you're saying is happening. When you're renouncing it and breaking it, you've got to believe it's happening or it's not going to be broken. That's why so many people, you can run them through a renunciation and they're running back to that vomit. 
They're running back to that relationship again. That stinks. That's full of the devil. Are you following me? Why? Because it's possible to say empty words. That they don't believe in their heart or they don't want it. That's why we say, don't come to us for deliverance unless you're ready. Unless you want it or you're wasting our time. Are you following me? So an evil or ungodly soul type must first be verbally renounced. It must be believed in your heart. Mark 11, 23 and 24. Believe in your heart. Amen. You must believe in your heart that those things you say must come to pass. And here's the thing. The spirit realm knows the difference. They know if it's empty words or if you believe it. Do you understand me? They totally get it. They understand it. You might be able to fool someone ministering to you. Come on, somebody. But you're not fooling the spirit realm. So it must be believed and verbally spoken. Is anybody getting anything out of this today? Listen. It must be believed and verbally spoken, which will give, this is what the Holy Spirit said to me, which will give authority and strength back to your thought life to shift it away from that person, place, or thing. Oh, my. So shift and fill your thought life with the Word of God. See, some people, you, how, do, how do I know if I got a soul tie? Is that person always on your mind? Is that thing, listen, you can be, you can have a soul tie to your job. You can have a soul tie to anything. You can have a soul tie to your motorcycle. I, yeah, it's possible for me to, to, to build a soul tie to the airplane, which I don't. Listen, it was a nice day yesterday. I had every, every right to go, but we had a date day. I told the Lord, I said, I'm not making an idol out of that thing. It stayed in the hangar. Amen. <clears throat> now. I heard, I was in here praying yesterday and I heard airplanes going over. I said, oh, I bet the people of the church think that's me. <laughs> and I'm here on my knees praying right now. <laughs> huh. All right. So here's, now, now carrying on about this situation with this individual, right? The Holy Spirit gave me a vision of this guy and girl. You want to know what the vision was? Listen to this. The Holy Spirit gave me a vision as I was on the phone. This is over the phone, by the way. You can still do a lot of deliverance and stuff over a phone. Amen? No distance in the spirit realm. So the Holy Spirit gave me a vision of this guy and girl. They were, there was a rope. One was on one side, and the other one was holding it on the other. Can you see that on the inside right now? That rope was being held onto by spiritual hands. You know you have a spiritual body. You have a spiritual body, by the way. Okay? They were holding on to each side of this rope with their spiritual hands in their thought life. He was keeping it engaged. He was keeping that soul tie engaged right in his thought life. Now, remember I told you before that our thought life, the thought life of of a Christian, really any person, but... A, your thought life connects you to the spirit realm. Your thought life connects you to the spirit realm, whether the kingdom of God or the kingdom of darkness. Guess who makes the choice? You do. Now, the, here's what happened in that vision I saw. The moment that man would shift his thought life away from her, from that woman, away from their past relationship... In the vision, I saw he would let go of the rope. And he did it right here in his thought life. Letting go in your thought life lets go of that rope, that soul tie between that individual, person, place, or thing. See, what it, it, it would uh, destroy. It, oh, when, you, when you shift your focus away from that thing that you have that soul tie with, what you do when you're shifting your, your mind away from it, you are destroying a spiritual bridge that demons have a legal right to attack you on. And that's how this witchcraft was effective between this woman and that man. That is how you come against any kind of witchcraft being played against you. Verbally renounce it. Believe what you say. Verbally renounce it. Believe the words that you're speaking. 
and shift your thought life away, come on, away from giving the witchcraft any power over you and back to the Word of God. That's why the Word of God says, thank you, Holy Ghost, that no temptation has overtaken you, that you don't have the power to get out of. Oh, my, my, my. That was free, people. I don't even have that in my notes right now. That's spur of the moment right there. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Wow. No temptation has overtaken you. Come on. That you don't have power to get out of, basically, is what it says. Say this with me. Say, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I renounce all evil and ungodly soul ties that I have formed in my life. I sever them now. I sever the witchcraft that may be played against me right now. I believe it. I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for setting me free from those soul ties and witchcraft. My, my, my. Listen to this. Oh, my. Oh, someone said, my, my, my. I like them. I like, they're paying attention. They're in the flow. They're in the flow. Listen, so that is how you uproot evil spiritual roots. Verbally renounce, I can't say it enough. Verbally renounce, believe what you're saying, and shift your thought life back to the word of God. And I need to add this. Here we go. I said it before, and, I, and it keeps coming back to me. Get rid of anything that reminds you of that connection. Get rid of everything that reminds you of that connection, that person, that relationship, that negative past. Get rid of it. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit wanted me to share with you about this. Quite often, oh, I feel the anointing right now. Quite often, those that are trying to control you with witchcraft will try to give you something. Oh, you didn't hear me. They will try to give you something that will maintain that soul tie. Or they will try to take something from you to keep. Oh, come on. That's why you need to get rid of everything that reminds you. Because there's things called accursed things. That have that keep a soul tie active. That uh, uh, connected to those things are demonic spirits. You don't believe me? Fine. Go ahead. Keep living your life in bondage. Whatever. But listen to me, it's your life. But this is why witchcraft in spells and potions, they try to get something from the person, like a piece of hair, a piece of clothing, something from your house, because they're trying to play witchcraft against you. Man, we're going deeper today. See, we're going deeper than the I just I Jesus loves you thing right now. We need to break some strongholds, amen. And don't think for a minute there's not some people in your life playing witchcraft against you. Quit being naive. Quit being naive. Come on. You really think the enemy's just that lax? You don't think there's people that come to our services that are doing this stuff? Right when I first started here, remember that someone put some big lion or teddy bear kind of a thing in the back. And immediately all of us board members said, "Mm, there's some witchcraft on that. Tiger, I'm telling you right now, don't think that witches don't come into this church or all the churches around the whole world. They come in to try to sow discord. They come in to destroy churches. Man, I feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost all over this right now. So listen to me. It's not a bad idea. It's not overboard. To verbally renounce any witchcraft, word curses, spells, hexes, vexes that are trying to come against you every now and then. Are you following me? Some says, eh, do you have to do that? Well, get this. Here's what I say. Ready? Best case scenario, it cancels every demonic and satanic assignment against your life. Worst case scenario, you wasted 10 seconds of your life doing it. I say the good outweighs the bad. Yeah, but Pastor James, I'm going to look like an idiot to people. Yeah, chances are you probably already do anyways. Yeah, I said it. You, you fleshly thing, you. 
You fleshly thing, you. What does it hurt to renounce it? Break things off. I mean, I was even watching videos. I mean, there's deep stuff. Yeah, yeah, we're so, the body of Christ is really naive. There's people in the occult and witchcraft that are astral projecting out of their body. Do you know that? They can go into your homes. They can go into places. I'm, I'm being serious now. I mean, after I watch it, I said, I plead the blood of Jesus over my house. That there's a dome of protection over the church, over my home, over... I'm telling you, nobody astral projecting is going to get in here. Hello, somebody. Get specific. We're too naive in the body of Christ. Why? Because we don't know these things. We, we, need, we need a better biblical foundation. Are you getting this? So for witchcraft to work over your life, there must be an open door on your part to attack you. And that permission comes from your thought life and it can happen by actions as well. If you're, I mean, sin opens the door. Amen? Obviously. It, I always say this. Ready? Don't give the devil a stick to beat you with. Oh, the body of Christ is so good at that. Just giving them a stick to beat us with. No, we got to be more alert. Church, we're going into a season of revival and outpouring and awakening like never before. And as we go deeper, as we go higher into these things, I'm telling you, these individuals in witchcraft in the occult, trust me, we're on their radar. We're on their radar. I remember one night when I was living in Waterford in an apartment, and I, I was on Facebook. And, and I had music on and I was praying in tongues all around my apartment. And, uh, and all of a sudden someone popped up on my, uh, you know, someone tried chatting with me on Facebook. And they said, would you stop praying in tongues? Whoa. Oh, yeah. I, why? Because we were hit. I was, I was hitting a bullseye praying in the spirit. Oh, you, you listen, we're so naive. We're so naive in the body of Christ. And, and that's why so, so many churches get destroyed. That's why so many Christians just get their tails kicked. Because these people are doing all these things, and we're just living life, just oh, naive. Oh, yeah. Oh. You know, right? Right? The sound of music thing. Oh, yeah. Woo, yeah. Right? As I get older, I get dizzier when I do that. But you get the point. I can't even do a somersault anymore. It wrecks me for three hours. You see, you all know what I'm talking about. But listen, we are in a battle for our thought life. We are in a battle for the focus of individuals. Amen? That is how we advance the kingdom of God. By influencing people with our words. By influencing them with our words and actions. Amen? So they will act on the word. But it is important to shift the focus of a person back to the word and cause them to meditate on the word. You are the dam that stops their focus from them going to hell. Think about that. If we can get that person to hold on to that preached word and meditate on it, the more the Holy Spirit has to work with in that person's life. (laughs) That's why I said, listen, that's why I said it's dangerous for people who aren't saved or they're backslidden to come to this church. Because sooner or later, they're hearing word, they're in the presence of God, and that is all a recipe for an awakening, for a revival. Are you following me? So if you feel a little uncomfortable in this church right now, you're like, I don't want to come back. I challenge you, just like Smile FM, right? The 30-day challenge. I challenge you, keep coming, even though it feels weird to you. You're going to ignite, baby. You're going to ignite. And and as they hear the word, 
the clearer that person will be able to hear the voice and sense the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Amen? It's all about meditating on the Word of God and an extended period of time of focus on the Word of God, maintaining that spiritual mindset. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a little cherry on top on this message right now. Because, uh, was it, Carol, you, you talked about the brain being rewired, correct, today? The something with the brain. This was in here. I had no conversations with her about my sermon. Did, have I, did I talk to you about it? Okay, listen to this. There are, this is, <laughs> this is amazing. This is how we're finishing it off right now. There are five types of brain waves. The Holy Spirit had me studying brain waves this week. You believe that? There are five types of brain waves. I briefly want to talk about something in connection to meditating on the word. There's gamma, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. Now, gamma and beta brain waves are faster, as were alpha and theta brain waves are slower. Delta is what happens when you're sleeping. All right? Listen, are you following me? All right, listen to me. A state of anxiety falls within the beta range. Now, now the beta range is not just where you're anxiety all the time. Beta range is where we are typically. That's where we are on a normal day. We're completing tasks. We're doing things. But the high aspect of the beta wave, uh, wavelength uh, range, you're in anxiety, okay? And that's what the enemy wants to keep you in. The fa- th- that's a faster form of brain waves. Your brain is moving fast. Here's what's happened. There's no focus. There's no focus on one thing. You're multitasking. You're stressed out, right? All right? So it is impossible. Listen to this. It's impossible to get into a meditative state on the word in beta mode. And that's where most of us stay the whole day and the whole night. Most of the time we go, this, you know, our lives are so full and we're not focusing on the word. We go beta, delta. Beta, delta. Beta, delta. Are you following me? So it's impossible to get into this meditative focus state in beta mode. Usually you're multitasking, you're consciously working on a project, uh, you're thinking about multiple things at one time. It's a lack of focus on one thing, all right? Here now, gamma brain waves are experienced with intense stress. When something intensely stressing you, you hit gamma, baby, all right? Much of our normal day, like I said, is spent in the beta brainwave mode. But listen to this. Are you following this? You can listen to it on the internet later, all right? To take notes. Listen to this. Below gamma and beta is alpha. Say alpha. Which is a slower brainwave action. It is a more relaxed and peaceful state of mind. But the person is still conscious of everything around them and can shift into beta real easy. Okay, that's alpha. Say alpha. Now, here we go. Say theta. Theta brainwave activity is slower than alpha. Okay, this is right on the edge of sleep. This is, uh, or, or just into sleep. This is what you would call your daydream zone. This is the zone when you do fall asleep and you're in, in uh, theta. Okay, you're in dream mode. When you're in delta, you're not dreaming. You've got to be in theta to dream, okay? Theta is a state of reduced consciousness. Or in other words, you're not conscious of what's going on around you. Again, you're in daydream mode, okay? Or vision mode, we could say as Christians. Hello, somebody. Theta is the mode that, that when you get into that mode... That's when you're driving. Have you ever done this? You're driving on the expressway. You've just gone 20 miles and you have no idea, any consciousness of it. I've done it. And then when you come to it, it's like, oh my goodness, how did I even stay on the road? I, I just went 20 miles, no idea consciously what I was doing. That's theta mode. Are you following me? 
All right. So what happens is when you get into theta mode and you're driving, your subconscious mind, because you it, it, subconsciously you've driven so much, your subconscious mind is trained to take over without you even thinking about it. Are you getting this? Here's what's the interesting thing about alpha and theta brainwave modes. Those are the modes that a person achieves in a meditation mode. And I'm talking about meditating on the word of, word of God. Alpha and theta brainwave activity must be achieved to be in meditation mode. And consequently, get this, are you ready for this? Science says this. Those are the two modes that release the most creativity and insightfulness. God created us this way, people. This is not new age. This is science. God created us this way. Are you following me? My point is this. The enemy wants to keep you and your thought life distracted, distracted and cluttered. So you won't be able to meditate on the, on the Word of God and hear clearly from the Holy Spirit. It will, keep, uh, it will keep you from hitting your full potential, spiritually speaking. Are you following me? Now, here's, here's what I want to say. The Bible in Acts talks about Peter falling into a trance. See, people hear that. They think, oh, that's new age. No, the Bible actually talks about trances. You want to know what Peter was in? Theta mode. Here's my point. You will be able to hear from the Holy Spirit clearer. When you quiet your mind, you will be able to hear from him from a state of peace more than the state of anxiety. And it takes clearing your mind and focusing on him. Peter was in a trance. And it says when Peter fell into a trance, that was when the Holy Spirit was able to give him a vision. Oh, my we're going deeper. We're going into the deeper things, baby. Are you following me? My point is this. Don't expect to hear from the Holy Spirit or to be in tune with him. With your mind so cluttered and not focusing on him. Now, if a person has a demon on the inside of them in their soul or body... The noise, the confusion, and the distractions will be stronger and louder than it would be if the demon was outside of them. Are you following me? If there, there's a de demonic spirit on the inside of a person's soul, mind, will, and emotions, right? And in their body, the frequency and intensity of that noise, I want to call it, that noise where it keeps your mind just, just like it's a blender. Are you following me? It's going to be more intense than if there's a demon on the outside oppressing you. Now remember, i got to tell you this, a demon cannot reside in a Christian spirit man because that's where the Holy Ghost lives. Alright, that's where the Holy Ghost lives. But, here's the thing, they can take up residence in a Christian soul or mind and physical body. Alright, here's the deal. You want to know what the Holy Ghost said? He said they can reside in the two parts of a Christian that aren't born again. Why? Because the mind needs to be renewed. And surely this body is not born again. Are you following me? So, if thoughts are extremely overwhelming and, and just praying about it doesn't help, you most likely have demons that need to be cast out or commanded to leave. Are you following me? And they don't just leave on their own. They need to be confronted and commanded to come out in Jesus' name. Alright? Listen, I've been ministering deliverance for 25 years. All right, 25 years. And I can confirm the word is true. Deliverance is the children's bread. It's primarily a benefit for Christians, not the unbeliever. Amen? All right. Um, now, so uh, <laughs> let me throw this in too. So Peter, you know, he fell into that trance. So when a minister, a pastor before a service, that's why a lot of times you see ministers where they're, they're not having a lot of contact or dealing with a lot of problems because they're trying to declutter their mind. They're, listen, are you ready for this? They're trying to get into alpha and theta mode. Let's bring it down to science. Listen, I tried, I tried stepping in here and preaching on beta mode and it's horrible. I want to be focused on the Word of God. I want to declutter my mind. Amen? 
So that's why ministers try to reduce um, the activity before preaching. Because we're trying to, <laughs> come on, focus and get down to that mode. And like I said, it's easier for you to hear and be led by the Holy Spirit in a state of peace than anxiety. Amen? Amen. Hi, isn't it good? God knew what he was doing when he created us. He, he knew what he was doing when he said, meditate on the word. He knew what he was doing when he was telling us how important our thought life is. Amen? Amen. Church, it's time to be true disciples by allowing our heart to be softened, to receive God's word and water it with our focus and with our meditation of it. Amen? Stop letting the enemy steal your seed by allowing him to shift your focus. Listen to this. I'll end it on this. Staying focused on the word of God in your thought life will keep you in the center of God's will. Let's stand in this place. Prayer team, come forward. So you know what? Take some time during the day, whether it's at night, morning, whatever your work schedule is. You know, take your time. Go and lay down. Go sit down. Close your eyes. And start to declutter your mind. Start to get in that relaxation mode. That's why a lot of people hear and see visions from the Holy Spirit clearly when they're taking a bath. When they're taking a shower. Why? Because they're mo- the brainwave mode, they're not cluttered with all these thoughts. Beta's like this. Alpha and theta's like this. It's a flow. Amen? Now maybe there's someone in here. You have never made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Today is the day of salvation. You need to do it today because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Ah, that's a scare tactic. No, it's not. It's fact. It's reality. And you can never say on judgment day, well, Pastor James never told me. I told you. You need to make Jesus Lord of your life. Come forward and pray with one of the members. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. You know, maybe you're one. You love the Lord. But it, you're like a dog going to, your own, going to its own vomit. And you're running back to things that you know you shouldn't. You're, you're into things. You, you, you think you're free and then you run back to it. No, you're not free. You need to come forward and receive prayer today. And rededicate your life. Just Let's, let's make, it, make it right today. Amen? Let's really hit it hard today. And, and let's break these soul ties. Let's break all these bondages. Maybe you're here. You've never received the Holy Spirit baptism. You have a problem with speaking in tongues, whatever it may be. Come down. We want to minister to you today. Uh, You need any other prayer. We'll stay here as long as you need. Um, But uh, what a great day. Amen? Amen. Wow. I know I can leave here and feel good. I'm in Alpha and Theta right now. Amen? (laughs) All right, visitors. Thanks so much for visiting. My card's in the back. If you need me, you want to connect, uh, contact me anytime. Uh, Love you all. I'm going to head back and shake some hands. So God bless you all.